Welcome, everybody, to an episode of The Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here by my co-host, Mutahir, and this is Mistborn, book number three here of Aegis, and we're going over chapters 11 through 17. So, chapter 11 kicks off with uh, Tensoon being questioned by, I guess, a second, technically is a second generation, the first generation is kind of there for show. So far, the first generation hasn't done, like, literally anything. They have, we don't even know what they look like. Um, mm-hmm. for any of you who've seen this show, like, uh, Young Justice, I imagine them kind of like the light, right, at the moment, where they're just, like, silhouettes. Um, and so he's being questioned by Khan Parr, who's, um, one of the members of the second generation, which I think we talked about last time, right, they're, like, boomer parents, basically, uh, and they kind of, like, really don't really like this, uh, third generation at all. Yeah. Um, and I don't the think way- does. Yeah, I guess that they said something like the third generation is kind of like a middle child where, like, no one really likes or understands them. And uh, the way that he's, Sean Parr is kind of handling this is kind of sleazy, but it's not unheard of. He's kind of like doing a character assassination of Tensoon. Canceling him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's (laughs) basically going on cancel culture right now. Um, He's discredited, so that way anything that he says can be discredited, which is, I mean, that's, you know, that's a good way to do it, yeah. right? Like, um, almost, I think every society at one point or every lawyer or whatnot, I want to say every lawyer, but like, that's, that's, it, it happens all the time. And, but Tensoon doesn't take it lying down, right? Uh, but he he kind of like smashes back at Ken at Khan Par and he says, You gave me the contract to Kelsier, right? And or sorry. To um what's his name? Uh or Orsor, sorry. Yeah, you get you gave like Orsor's contract to Kelsier, right? Kelsier came in and asked for a contract and um and that got uh father killed, Lord Ruler. That got him killed. Uh and Khan Par was like Holy crap. He pulled, I mean, that was like kind of like his eight, not necessarily his Hail Mary, but that like felt like a really big stab to Khan Parr. And his defense was really weak, in my opinion. Yep. He he had one which was, I thought it was okay, but he followed it up with a really weak one, which kind of negated the first one. Because the first one he said was something like, how were we supposed to know that he was going to kill the Lord? Or how were we supposed to know he was going to succeed in killing the Lord Ruler? Okay, that one's not that bad. Like, okay, fine. But then he said, he follows it up with, um, he paid us so well. Um, Who? That's what Khan Parr says, right? That Kelsier paid you, paid them so well. Like, right, you know, yeah. The contract was so such a good price that they couldn't turn it down. Yeah. I was like, how, how did you think that that was going to be a good defense to that? Mm-hmm. You know that that was so. That was very. Uh, I, I, I'm amazed anyone kind of like took that. I, I, I want. I'm curious to see what, I guess the, general Condra's population's response to that was, uh, because that was, that was a really dumb defense, right? Like, you come into treason, it's like, yeah, but he he paid me so well, man. <laughs> like, do you really think that that's gonna work? So yeah, I, I was very shocked at that being his defense. I, uh, he, 
it is very clear that the, this doesn't happen often because that was a very trash defense. Yep. Um, and then Tensoon pulls up a Hail Mary. And he says that Vin killing Lord Ruler essentially takes his place as father. And so she is now, I guess, mother. Um, so he's saying, like, you know, I was serving the higher contract by serving the mother. Which I guess that's how that works. I mean, <laughs> I, hey, don't question their culture, okay? I, I'm not questioning their culture, <laughs> but the way that everyone else reacted, they didn't seem to like that was their culture either. You know, I was <laughs> like, uh, um, I, I don't know if they're reacting that way because they don't want to accept that, or if they just legitimately, um never thought of it that way right like that was part of like their law but because they never expected that law to ever go into place they kind of just forgot that it existed um and then he also throws out that he knows that he revealed the condo weaknesses yeah um, they're like <gasps> yeah like <laughs> so you can tell that that's like the end of the episode right there in an anime that's the end of the episode but for I should remember the, the thing it was like a uh, little sprig at the end where they said that his uh, sentence will be determined a little bit later. Yeah. Or something like that. But yeah, so that that's the end of chapter 11. Chapter 12, we're going to hit the epigraph first. So in this one, it they confirmed that Rashak had moved the Well of Ascension, which we kind of figured right at the end of Well of Ascension when she's supposed to be going to the Terrace Mountains. And she, like, keeps hearing the, the the thumping. It's, like, getting weaker as they're going away. So we had kind of assumed, right, that he had moved the Well of Ascension. Um, or I guess not really moved the Well of Ascension, but he kind of, like, changed the Earth. Right? Like, he yeah. made his terrace mountain, like, flat, and then he moved, like, far away stuff. So, yeah, he, he changed the landscape. Which I predicted. Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> and but I thought it was really interesting, and this doesn't really mean anything, but it's kind of cool in a reread for Mistborn, um, the the first book. Uh, he says that he modeled that that room that he was in. Right, I think this is the one where he kept that uh, Alendi's logbook. Um, that he modeled that room after his old hovel, which I predicted. You you said that that he modeled it after his old like house. Yeah, um, I said like uh, maybe this is uh, like his old home that he's actually living in. Hmm. I didn't know. I don't remember you or saying something that. like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, so. If you could go back and read well, our Final Empire, you could probably uh, like get some understanding of like what terrorist culture was like i guess from a more accurate source i guess ancient terrorist culture i should say yeah so um anyways that's it for the epigraph as far as chapter 12 goes so vin's kind of worried about Sezed, and then ellen is worried about vin because she isn't sleeping again um Kind of recurring pattern here. Like, I feel like I get that Vin doesn't want to sleep, but like, just take okay, fine. You you want to kind of pewter drag your way through it, 
which is out of one week, take one night of good sleep. And I'm not saying sleep till 11 a.m., but like, go to, decent sleep. Yeah, decent sleep. Like, I don't, I don't see the point of this. Like, you're not. I could have, I could have understood in Well of Ascension when she was like, you know, scouting the city or whatnot, but. I don't see the need for it here. Um, yeah, I, I just don't get it. So, um, Ellen, Ellen kind of thinks that Cesar will get over it, which I thought was kind of weird coming from Ellen. I, I don't know if she, he just didn't want to deal with it. That seemed that, that seemed kind of out of character to me. He, he's kind of just waving it away and saying like, "Yeah, he'll get over it." Yeah. <laughs> what? It's been a year, dude, and he still hasn't gotten over Tinwa. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think this is something that he's just gonna get over. I think you're pro- gonna need to help him out here, buddy. So she also brings up the breeze is kind of suffering the, from the PTSD as well, um, and that was kind of surprising because I didn't really pick that up from him in their chapters between him and Seizen. Um And but I think. The point she was trying to make was like the crew overall is kind of the morale is really low because like this isn't like the final empire right like taking down a kingdom yeah as strong as the final empire yeah yeah i get that that's a big deal but i think everyone could agree that taking down a kingdom while it seems impossible seems realistic but mm-hmm. surviving where the literal end of the world, like, and we're talking not the end of the world, like, oh, we're going to die off slowly. No, it's like there are earthquakes happening. You know, the sun is being blocked out, so you're going to run out of food. So when I mean, it's all collapsing around you in front of you, like, I, I get it, is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> and Ellen accepts that this is something that he's going to need to fix. So, and he does try and fix it later this chapter, which I'm glad he didn't, he didn't wait like several months. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Um, <laughs> oops. So he starts discussing. <laughs> so he starts discussing with uh, the crew. And oh my God, I love Set. Oh, I yeah, love Set. Set's pretty funny, yeah. Yeah, I, I love him. He's awesome. He's so brash. He is so blunt and direct. I love him. He's He's great. And... I I think he's a good I wouldn't say replacement for clubs, but I think his like blunt aggressive nature and he talks more than clubs too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. No one can replace Moody. I mean clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I was um I I like I really like Set. But anyways, they're talking about the mist kind of coming in and they're drawing like a circle like the mist has conquered this much and then by summer it's going to conquer this much and this at by this time we'll have this big of place to actually grow food in and everyone's like that is nothing (laughs) uh so it's uh again though like and i don't blame them right like how, how do you fight against this but they need to start looking into how to fight against this, right? Because you, you could go into the bunker, right? You could go into his little doomsday prepper bunker. Yeah. But then what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you live for an extra year. You live for an extra two years. Then what? 
right? So this isn't a feasible, like, long-term plan. And I get it. I'm not blaming them, but, like, I'm hoping that we get to that point soon where it's like, okay, can we get to the point where we start looking into something possible? I like how Ham brought up, right, that we got to look into plants that grow with little sunlight. But I guess my counterpoint to that is, yeah, they grow with little sunlight, but are there plants that grow with zero sunlight? Yeah. Because that's what they need, right? Yeah. Like I'm assuming that eventually the mist or, uh, yeah, I guess it's mist, will get to the point where it's going to be no sunlight ever. Could just build like a gigantic tower that has like plants on it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to like scale the, yeah, but I mean like, could they even do that? Like, are, is their architecture strong enough for that? I don't think, even if you went to the top of Credit Shaw, does it go above the mist? I doubt it. I don't think it does. So, Probably not. No, they don't have the architecture prowess for that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious to see in the coming chapters that they start moving more towards that direction. Again, not blaming the characters, but I'm hoping that we start seeing that a bit more. Yeah. Um, I I did like that Ellen kind of brought up uh, that the Lord Ruler had lost his way, quote-unquote. That he wasn't just evil. Like, he's not saying that he wasn't evil, he is, but he also said that he'd lost his way, which I'm really impressed that he came to that conclusion like this, right? Because we, um, we have the benefit of reading the epigraphs. So we know that Rashak is... When he got the the power of the well of ascension, mm-hmm. he tried his best to do what he could. Yeah. Um, now, where he went after that, you know, I guess it's one of those things like power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, over time, he kind of just went mad. Uh, you know, I guess the insanity with immortality kind of thing. But he, I don't know, it, it just. It feels like, yeah, again, he, I'm not I'm not saying that he was a good guy. He definitely was a bad guy. But Ellen can tell the way that he set up these caches and stuff like that, that these doomsday prepper bunkers. Yeah. He, he meant to save his people. Right? Like that, he, that's a, yeah, it's like. He, there's so no way weird. he made all that for himself. There's just no way. Uh-huh. And he wouldn't, if he did, he wouldn't make notes about what metal did what for other people to read. That doesn't make any sense. He did this for his people. Yeah. And Ellen is, like I said, I'm impressed that he's sharp enough to pick up on that. We, the readers, are sharp enough to pick up, or should be sharp enough, in my opinion, to pick up on that, you know, Lord Ruler wasn't completely evil um, based off the epigraphs. But he doesn't have the luxury of the epigraphs. Yeah. So, yeah, I was very impressed. Um, Ellen is actually becoming one of my more favorite characters on my second read-through. So they agree to attack Fadrix, and we'll find out here in a second that there's no right answer. There's no easy answer. And I think they agreed to attack Fadrix because they thought that Orteo, however you pronounce it, was taken over by the Ska Rebellion. So I think he was hoping that when he sent Breeze and Seized that they just going to be easily able to, you know, diplomacy their way into joining them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, again, not this, they're not in easy positions, right? Like, 
you gotta attack one thing. Your military is only so strong, and Fadrix is not only well, like fortified. Yeah. But they're also in the mist, so your soldiers are also gonna die. So before they even get to the gates of the enemy, you're already in a weak position. Um, clubs would have caught that immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Orteo, like I said, we'll find we'll talk about it a bit more later. But um Sezed, like so Ellen's sending Sezed and Breeze to Orteo for the diplomacy work. Um and Sezed tries to get out of it with some like personal research stuff. I think Ellen brought up a really good point. He sounded like one of those like managers, right? It's like, can't you just work while you're riding a horse? And <laughs> I could just imagine like Sezed's face like Oh, I mean, no. Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> uh, my dog is sick. Um, it was, uh, that was, again, Ellen, he is not okay, right? Like, he's not just going to get over it. Yeah. And then finally, Ellen brings up Kelsier. Like, he just asked a question about Kelsier. And basically, the crew kind of reminisces a bit about him saying, like, you know, he'd never give up. There was that one time, you know, that one time we lost, like, two-thirds of our army in one fell swoop, and he came in all happy and smiling, like nothing even happened. Um, and and that's what Ellen wants out of the crew. And, I, and, oh my god, again, I'm loving Ellen so much. This is so important. This right here, like, mentality goes an unbelievably long way. If your people have given up, then you might as well give up. Because yeah, it's not going to work. But you got you if you are the leader, you are the general, you're the sergeant, you're the ambassador, like the like the crew is to these people, right? Like say that is the ambassador, Ham is the general, Ellen is king. Like yeah. these you have to seem like you like yeah, we're going to win this. We're going to survive this. Mm-hmm. No matter what. And he and he even says like, you know, you you could have these doubts in your heart because yeah, we get it. You're fighting God, like little God. Like this isn't like, oh, Lord Ruler claims himself to be God, and this is ministry doctrine, so he is God. No, like this is like they've accepted. Like this is God. Like he causes earthquakes. <laughs> um, so he's basically saying like, yeah, I get it, but you can't, you can't be demoralized in front of other people. And I thought that was, that was amazing. Again, easier yeah, said yeah. than done. I get it, but mm-hmm. you know. It, Brilliant leadership from Ellen. Uh, Tinville, you know, God rest her soul. <laughs> she, she did wonders on the dude. So chapter 13, we get a confirmation that the, there is a third magic system, and it's called Hemalurgy? Hemalurgy? Yeah, hemalurgy. I'm going to say Hemalurgy. Yeah, Hemalurgy, sure. Um, and that's all we kind of really get from it for right now in the epigraph. And Marsh is with 300,000 Kolos. Yeah, that's... 300,000? Oh, my God. That's a yikers. <sighs> this is going to need a Thanos snap, dude. Yeah, dude, this is nuts. Um, They're going to need a lot of, like, soothers for this. Yeah, for real. Uh, or... Uh, I got it. Or a Infinity Stone Gauntlet. 
Well, and here's the thing. They're <laughs> going to need a lot of soothers. Okay, they're going to need a lot of Mistborn who have Durellin. A lot of Mistborn like Ellen who like ate the bead of preservation, which good luck. I mean, I, I don't, I can't assume that there's many more of those left around. <laughs> or you're going to need a crap ton of soothers. But if you get a crap ton of soothers, they can only do it on one. Yeah. Right? Like they said, like a pool of soothers can control a coloss, but I'm assuming a pool of soothers can control like one, maybe two coloss. The only reason Vin can do it is because she's got Duralman. Duralman, yeah, exactly. And the only reason Ellen can do a crap ton is because he's got the, that, you know, the metal from the beat of preservation or that well of ascension room, that preservation thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this, I mean, dude, 300,000 is a lot. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, how, how big do you think Ellen's army is? Not even 100K, right? No. Right? Like, no, yeah. Especially no, with and, the mist, like, killing people. Yeah, exactly. And they're mostly Ska. Yeah. So, yeah, this is not looking good. And uh, we don't even know how many Inquisitors there are. And they're making more. Right? That's what that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he and now they're super inquisitors. Marsh has like ten more spikes. This is crazy, dude. This is um this is dire's like So this is what I'm thinking is gonna happen in the end. They aren't going to fight them. Or well they they might fight them, but they aren't going to win. Instead, Van or Cezad or Ellen is gonna get that that sweet, sweet power, and then stop it. And the fight won't either won't happen, or it will happen, but it'll get stopped because there's no way that the good guys can win against 100 super-duper Inquisitors and 300 They're gonna times a thousand. They're going to have to get more Ellen. I'm gonna, I'll be honest. I'm going to call BS if Ben and Ellen... Like duo team three hundred thousand colas. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, Unless if Vin gets that power, which it would make sense. You're talking about the well ascension power. Yeah, or something. Yeah, but I mean that's gonna take a thousand, like a thousand years to refill. Really? That's what they said, right? Oh. Um, because uh, what's his? I think it was an earlier epigraph. Lord Ruler was standing, or he kept the Vel of Ascension close because he knew that the power would come back, but it would take like a thousand years. Oh. They don't have a thousand years. <laughs> they don't even have a year, I think. So, yeah, I mean, I get your I, I get your um, theory, but I just don't think it'll pan out. And I'm not, I'm not willing to bet that Sanderson is going to break his magic system rules for, like, for the sake of plot like this. At least not based off the facts that we know so far. Yeah. So, anyways, Marsh is kind of thinking about how Kel, uh, Kel, Kel got captured, and he thinks a bit about Mari, too. Um, and the reason he left the Rebellion, and this is back where, I don't know if we had talked about it, but we kind of thought, like, why did he leave the whole Scott Rebellion in the first place? He seemed kind of like a Stubborn man, you know, he'd go down with the ship. But yeah. he he kind of realized that, you know, if a master thief like Kelsey is going to get captured, he's going to get captured too eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- this this chapter was really heartbreaking. He he kind of accepts that Kelsey was a better 
everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he says that, you know, Mare was right in choosing Kelsier, which, holy crap, that, that's, that has to hurt so bad. And then, you know, just accepting overall that Kelsier is just a, not just a better, like, partner to Mare, but, like, is a better human being in general. I was... Mm. Oh, okay, that, that, oh. Heart goes out to you, Marsh. That that one hurts. <laughs> that one hurts a lot. But imagine getting outclassed by a younger brother. I mean, it it's not just about being a younger brother, right? Like he's just I don't know. I, I feel so bad for Marsh. And he he actually does though. Like at the end, we do get a tidbit of hope where he says that he's kind of biding his time that he's not gonna wrestle with Ruin constantly. He's gonna have let Ruin control him and he's just gonna bide his time to the perfect moment to strike which i mean i i don't think it takes a nostradamus to say that yeah i'm guessing towards like some final battle he's gonna kill gonna get close to killing vin or ellen or you know they're gonna be escorting some orb of truth to <laughs> some well of ascension i came up with that um and yeah, and then he's about to, like, you know, blow up the bridge, and then he's going to take control and not blow up the bridge, or he's going to blow up himself. I don't know. But, yeah, we know that this is going to come in play later. So, chapter 14, the epigraph. And this one, I'll be honest, I don't know if I, you remember it, but I don't. There was a room <clears throat> where, it was like, black smoke was clogging, and apparently that was a body of ruin. Yeah, I um, remember that. Do you remember that? I honestly don't. For whatever gonna, reason, at I the end of the second book, whenever they were going into that into the well, they saw like this black smoke stuff. Really? Okay. I honestly just that completely went over my head for some reason. Um, but yeah, so me, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So, huh? I guess what's weird is I thought that the well of ascension was was keeping was imprisoning. Ruin's body. So if he's imprisoning Ruin's body, why is his black smoke like hovering around the room? Shouldn't it be inside the well? It's his body, but the power was from the well. Right, but if his body is outside the well of Ascension, it's not imprisoning him, is it? But I guess in this world it is. It's just one of those things you have to accept, I guess. Not everything can be a hard magic system. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, Spook, my man Spook, he's really turned into a man. Um, this guy's also suffering from PTSD. So, actually, reading all this about like people suffering from like depression, PTSD, trauma, all that stuff. I'm really excited to read Stormlight because apparently that's it's really big on that is like yeah. mental issues because he's writing it really well, right? Mm-hmm. Like they said that like it was even apparent back at the end of Well Ascension, where um, I think he was he would complain like you know this uh, bonfire was like really bright like too bright, and then I was like I don't, I don't think it's that bright. Like, <laughs> um, but basically what's happening here is that he's been burning tin like non-stop for a year and not just burning like, he's been flaring it apparently 
And that, I guess, was his coping mechanism for dealing with Clubs' death. But even before that, he was already doing that when they had first left Luthido. When they were first leaving, when the ba- when the Battle of Luthido was approaching, and then, you know, like, Vin, Ellen, Book, and Aleandra were yeah. leaving. Yeah, yeah. So he had kind of already felt his uh, guilt then and mm-hmm. was already flaring it since then. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and I mean, he, he's become, like, a super Tenai. Like, he can see in the night like it's during daytime. Yeah. He, I mean, he has, like, Turtle Beach headsets on at all times. He can <laughs> hear footsteps all over the place. He can hear through walls, basically, which is cool. But rule, this is like a rule from Kelsier, right? Like everything has its consequence. Yeah, consequences. And the consequence here is he has to wear cloth over his eyes during daylight. Yeah. So that um doesn't go like because like the sunlight is blinding him. Yeah. And we'll see actually more of this detail later where it's like, uh, I'm not sure I want this power. Um, and like he'll be wearing shoes, and the pebbles, pebbles, not rocks, pebbles, will feel like knives on his feet. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, this dude's that. gonna need like moon shoes at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my Insane, god. Yeah. Yeah, th- that's nuts. That's crazy. Uh. Yeah. So I guess so. The way I could describe this is like, right, he went into depression from a death of a loved one. And he felt kind of useless because, you know, I'm just a useless tonight. Yeah. And I feel for him. Because even Ellen, who was before he became a Mistborn, was pretty useful. You know, he was doing a lot of stuff. And now he's doing a lot of stuff and he's a Mistborn. Like, poor <laughs> Spook is just like, come on. It, like, And so anyways, he, he's a tonight like savant and we'll get that word comes up later in a chapter we're going to cover later yeah but yeah it's uh it's clear that he's kind of gone into an addiction kind of thing right like it's addict like instead of drugs that he's addicted to he's addicted to tin yes savant is basically like um whenever you burn a certain metal and over and over again yeah for so long then you become like a super thing of that metal yeah, it actually changes your body, but we'll go over that in a bit. So anyway, he is in Orteo, um, being a spy, and he mentioned that the city used to be prosperous. Like this is even before like Lord Ruler fell. Like it had um, canals and barges, and then all of a sudden it went dry. And then because I guess the entire economy that was its foundation, right? Was the uh, the canals mm-hmm. i guess a trade that are brought and the commerce so when that went out the window uh it's been struggling and um Luz- and apparently i guess it's like the second largest city after lucido so that's not good i mean could you imagine right if new york city like just lost its um i don't know you know what it would lose because what made new york city really strong was its port yeah um could you imagine if today New York City lost its subway system? That would like that would cripple it. Yeah, that would absolutely cripple it. I think because that's how it, that's how everyone is allowed to live where they're allowed to live in New York City is because they don't have to drive super far into work. They can just take the subway system. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, it's kind of crazy. 
But anyways, after the Lord Ruler fell, um, a leader rose. His name is The Citizen. Cannot get any more communist than that. And <laughs> it's a guy named Quellian. And he's basically like a cult leader, right? Um, Our mist. <laughs> Our mist. Um, yeah, he like basically worships Kelsier um, and hates the nobility. But we're going to find out in a bit that he might not be fully Scott himself. Uh, like basically all cult leaders, right? They're not actually practicing what they preach. Yeah, hey, I would have thought. I, and I felt like that was kind of coming from. I saw that coming from a mile away, right? That yeah, he's cleansing these nobility, but he was probably like a low-ranking nobleman himself, and he just want. He saw this as a chance to get his way. So, and they're discussing. Uh, Quellian and him them are discussing. Uh, Ellen is like conquering city by city, and while this is going on. Uh, Spook is watching Quellian's sister. I don't even know how to say her name. Beldra? Beldir? Beldrea. Beld- Beldra? I was going to call Beldra. Beldre. Uh, <laughs> I haven't listened to the graphic audio one for this, so I don't know how it's pronounced. So, yeah, she's just kind of sitting there and she looks sad. And again, um, oh, one more thing before I go into Beldra. Quellian, they know that they're sending a uh, dip- diplomat in the form of Sezed C- and Breeze. And they already plan on denying him. And Quellian, despite the fact that his advisors are saying, no, we can't fight them, he's basically saying, no, we are going to fight them. Now, there's a reason that this is actually not a bad play by Quellian. And he doesn't even know why this is not a bad play is that they're going to actually invade Fadrix because Ellen expects Orteo to kind of bend over and fail or, mm-hmm. or pledge their allegiance to Ellen, being that's the Ska Rebellion. Um, so they both kind of miscalculated each other, and Quellian kind of, by not intending to do the right thing, ended up actually doing the right thing for himself. I'm not saying what he's doing is right, but he ended up doing the right thing for himself. And... Uh, deciding not to take the, accept the diplomacy and actually deciding to fight him. Because, like I said, Ellen's going to invade Fadrix, right? So he doesn't have the troops, both for the 15% that he's going to lose to the Mist. And then, you know, he can't invade Fadrix and Orteo. Mm-hmm. If he takes Fadrix for the military, which is going to be difficult, and I mean, that, that's a very well fortified city. That's not gonna. Uh, they're gonna, lie. yeah, they're, they're gonna lose a lot with that. And then the time that's gonna take for them to take Fadrix, secure it, resupply, and then march back to Orteo. Orteo could be well fortified then, and that could just be another Fadrix at that point. Mm-hmm. So th- this is actually gonna get very interesting here, and in very soon. Like this is, it's crazy because it feels like we're getting near to Sander, like Sander Lange, and we just got done with part one. Yeah. The start of Hero of Ages is my favorite in the trilogy so far. Like, oof, this is awesome. I love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and in full disclosure, it never really feels like it goes down. Like, there's a reason Hero of Ages is, in my opinion, the best book in the trilogy. Um, but yeah, back to Beldra. Uh, Blue kind of watches her a bit. And I mean, it's clear that he likes her. 
But on beyond that, though, she kind of has a sadness to her look or to her face. And Spook, the last line, I want to pull it up because it was very well written last line. Um, I had to cut this part out while we wait. Do you hear me? Yep, I got you. So he settled back, content for the moment to lean down and watch her, feeling that somehow, despite their distance, despite his ignorance, he understood that feeling in her eyes. So this is like, again, a depressed person looking at another depressed person. Yeah. You know, like he felt, like he sees that look in her face and he's just like, yeah, he's the same. Oh my God. Sanderson, like, you cannot play with my emotions like this. <laughs> it, it, this is so well done, dude. Like, he, he writes mental stuff uh, a little scarily too well. Like, uh, yeah. Brandon, if you're going through some stuff, man, get some help. <laughs> so, yeah. You're going to have to cut this part out, but that's it for chapter 14. Go on with chapter 15. Okay. So chapter 15, we drop off with Vin. Um, she walks in on Ellen and Ham talking about like whether or not that they should make the soldiers walk out of in, like into the mist and like gain immunity. Um, and Ham says that they shouldn't, but Ellen says that if they like wait as long as possible, then it'll cause even more deaths. Um, and there's like some more internal struggles. Like Ellen thinks he's getting too attached to the soldiers. Um, Which then, he's not wrong. First of all, well, we, yeah. we've seen that in the past. But I'm not understanding Ellen's issue. Or sorry, Ham's issue here. Like they either die now, like to the mist. I'm talking. They die now to the mist, or they they die later to the mist. It's just instant gratification. Uh, I kind of hate to agree with you, but I think I agree with you. <laughs> I I don't see any other explanation for this, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then Vin goes to visit Human, that one Colossus uh, that reminds me of a talking titan. And he, human wants a, a tent, just like the human, just like the humans. <laughs> I thought this was hilarious. <laughs> I got this image of like, this guy's like, please just give me a house. <laughs> I am human. In Arnold Schwarzenegger's place? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he has an Austrian <laughs> accent, but he does now. Um, but Vin says that he can't because he makes all the men uncomfortable, understandably. And uh, then she goes on and asks him about the miss, and he he doesn't think that they, he doesn't think that they kill, but he thinks that the miss hate them, and uh, yeah, 
That's chapter 14, basically. I, I love the human parts. He does say that, like, yeah, you know, that you're just like me. And he says that about Vin, right? Like, you're just like us. Yeah. Me, I guess. And, but he's referring to the mist. And I don't know what he means by that, first of all. But then he's kind of ignores Finn's question, like what he means by that, and then kind of jumps to the mist. And he says, I hate it because it hates me. Mm -hmm. And then Vin can't help but agree. So I don't know. There's something there. I I don't know why the Colossus hate the mist. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if it's a deepness, right, and it's ruin, ruin is controlling the Colossus, maybe the Colossus hate. Ruined too because it's like this thing is controlling us and we don't like being controlled like that. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of, honestly. Um, and then chapter sixteen, Luke's in Artois. Oh, one quick thing before we move on, I I do want to go over like the epigraphs almost every chapter because they may not really add necessarily to the story, but they just add to the lore. Um, Lord Ruler created microbes that would break down the ash. Because remember what we talked about earlier where it's like, if it keeps ash falling like this and sometimes the ash falls harder, what the hell? Like, where does it go? <laughs> yeah. What happens? So apparently, like, yeah, he actually created microbes that would break down the ash. I'm like, damn. Biology. Okay. Uh, that was cool. He created an entire, I get, I'm guessing, I, I'm not biology person at all but i'm i guess to my understanding he created like a new organism that literally just eats on ash is that what that means like i have no idea uh that's uh mr dr professor sanderson's job (laughs) (laughs) um and chapter 16 spooks in ortois he or or two and he's he's acting like a beggar and uh, Dern, some dude named Dern, he takes um, he takes Spook down to where the citizen is holding executions, like basically exactly the same way that the Lord Ruler did, ironically. Um, the executions for like alamancers and people with nobili- noble blood um, is to like throw them into a house and like burn it down, which is kind of brutal. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh. Having a cult-like leader was not a great idea. Who knew? <laughs> um, and then Spook goes uh, like to the market area where it's happening. And then um, he notices Bel- Beldre. And uh, Beldre. he goes to like next to Beldre. And then he whispers that he's going to... Spook is going to kill uh, Quellian. And then... Um, he tells her that Which, he... Okay, that's dumb, right? Yeah. Like, I guess it's safe to assume that he that she doesn't agree with uh, what Quellian is doing, but, like, of all the plays to make, mm-hmm. that ain't it, Chief. <laughs> that's not gonna go over well. And <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, because... Uh, well, then he goes on and tell her that, like, he knew Kelsier and that he would have been like disgusted by this, and um, Qualian sends guards to uh to Spook to fight him, um, and Spook picks up a like a metal sword, and he figures out that Qualian is an Alamancer. 
because he feels like the sword like freezing in place. And one of the sh- soldiers that Spook like basically killed uh, gets back up, um, which shows that like that guy's a thug. And yeah, like I said earlier, it, I think it's clear that he's not so clean himself because we know, right, that if you are an elementer, you have noble blood in you. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I did want to bring up one thing. Um, Dern, that guy that he was with earlier, he yeah. said count the skulls, which two questions. What does that mean? <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> morbid. Two. Uh, what does that mean? No, no, no. Two. <laughs> what do you mean count the skulls? Aren't you blind? <laughs> Wait a second. Right? Like, how, like, does he just, like, could you imagine the the picture of a guy just going up, like, blind, like, braille, right? Like, blindly feeling up, like, a display, like, feeling up the skulls and, <laughs> what? What is happening? But, yeah, um, I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, that was, that was funny. But, yes, um, that is one mystery for the future, is, like, what does he mean by count the skulls? Like, yeah, like, when there's people being executed, are there more, or less people actually being executed than they were supposed to be. I don't know. So good uh, for that, I guess. Um, so continuing on, uh, like during the fight, Spook like picks up a guard's body and uses it as a shield. And then the guard, like one of the guards stabs Spook through the body. And then Spook passes out. Yeah, this is going to be, like, a Zane thing, isn't it? <laughs> right? Like, it's got to be. Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be one of those Zane things. He's going to start hearing voices. <laughs> um, and then it, it, on to chapter 17, what was the epigraph for this one? So, uh, it, it, there wasn't much, but again, it was more like, uh, like lore this lore building. Yeah, it wasn't more. It wasn't much. Uh, I guess what you call it, like relevant to the ongoing story yet. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know might connect back in later, but as of right now, it was just more lore. They were basically just talked about the Rashek when he essentially became a god. As the minutes passed, which he said to like a god, it was kind of like hours, which I thought was kind of weird because I felt like if you're a immortal god, several years will feel like minutes, right? Yeah. Not a couple minutes will feel like years, but whatever. But I think I think he meant it more along the lines of uh, your knowledge expands, right? Like so, he's like learning so quickly that to him, in a few minutes, it feels like he he's learned years worth, right? So, um, as the minutes passed, like he got better and better, right? Like reflexively, he kind of took this planet closer to the sun to burn out the mist. That didn't work. It started everything started burning. He started so then he got better. He created ash mounds that would cover the sky with ash. So, you know, the sky, the sun isn't as hot, and but now there's too much ash. So then. Then again, he starts getting a little bit better, and now he's gone as far as creating microbes, like an organism that eats ash. And again, you know, as we talked about earlier, he like edited, edited, (laughs) (laughs) 
like characters like NPCs, like an RPG character, he's editing character. Um, he changed the biology of human beings so they're like more readily able to, you know, bear the ash, I guess. Increase ash resistance from yeah, yeah. 50 he increased to ash 75. Um, uh, um, elemental level. Uh, so yeah, it was, um, again, really really fascinating i'm, I'm kind of curious to see from first-hand accounts of somebody who was there at the time and see like how they like what is happening like all of a sudden you know like could you imagine you're like on scadriel and which by the way is the name of the planet that all of a sudden everything starts burning it's like oh my god the sun is like a million miles closer and then oh okay it's not burning anymore but oh my god there's ash falling from everywhere it's like, oh my god, I can actually breathe the ash. Like, <laughs> oh my god, the plants are dead. Oh, I can eat them. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, the plants are dead, but now the plants are different, and we can eat these plants. It's <laughs> like, what is like? Yeah. Imagine being that generation of folks. Yeah, it's like, dude, I've seen some stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen some stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So continuing on to our final chapter, chapter 17, Ellen's preparing his soldiers to uh, stand up to the mist, and um, Demo is against Ellen, like, kind of being a part of the survivor's religion, even if he doesn't believe. Um, and Ellen's like, well, <laughs> too bad I'm here. My kid, I mean, uh, my life, <laughs> my life, kid. Um, and it's like the only, like, religion that's worth religionizing to uh word, can right? you elaborate what you mean by that <laughs> <laughs> it's the only religion that's like worth it it's only like can't like believable religion at this point um and demo thinks that there's like a lot more to it and that kelsier became basically like a guy whenever he snapped and he has some like really good evidence and it's brought up for a reason because Kelsier is probably a god uh yeah i i dude i'm so ready for him to be preservation that would be so sick oh mm, love it inject that into my veins sanderson please <laughs> um so he gives some really good evidence like how did Kelsier not snap before he went to the pits? Because he was like a crew leader and I'm sure he's been through some pretty harsh stuff. Why was it that only whenever he went into the pits that he came out like completely different? Yeah, but I mean, he went through some harsh stuff, but I don't think he was like beaten within an inch of his life. And I'm sure that someone he loved was not beating like an inch past their life. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I I get that, you know, he wants him to be a guy, but I feel like Demo is trying to make connections that aren't there. But it's yeah. brought up for a reason, my friend. Yeah. I Again, <laughs> like I said, I am ready. Preservation is Kelsier. I am aboard that hype train. Let's do it. <laughs> or they're like best buddies. Who? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelsier then, like, and... Preservation is like, how should, what should I do now? It's like, yeah, just mess up with them a bit. <laughs> uh, send that earthquake. That'll scare him. <laughs> What if they're like behind the mist too, just having like a laugh? 
<laughs> yeah my god yeah he just stabbed ellen just for the hell of it and he's like I, he's not gonna actually die he's fine but he's um, a nobleman i can't help myself um and so like uh the mists come up and ellen like starts to leave but then demo is succumbing to the mist's disease and it ends there Pretty uh, radical, my dude. Yeah, I'm uh, very excited. Like I said, this the start of this book could not have been any better. It, I am hyped. I was hyped when I first read it. I could not put it down. I think it was the fastest book I read in the trilogy. What's your fastest book read ever? Oh, God. Um, probably a Harry Potter book. It's probably one? a Harry Potter book, honestly. Mm. Um, Mine was Prisoner of Azkaban. <clears throat> Mine was probably Goblet of Fire, I think. Despite it being bigger. I think the hype from Prisoner of Azkaban just really made me get in Goblet of Fire very well. Or readily, I guess. I can tell you the longest one for me was actually the first one. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, I actually have English as a second language. And I started reading when I was learning English. And so I had a hard time with a lot of the words. And one of the big reasons I actually learned how to speak English as well as I did was actually because of Harry Potter. So, um, yeah, it, and there were a lot of words that I couldn't get. And, you know, people say stuff like, you know, you can use context clues. And I agree, you can use context clues. But you can use context clues if you know English. If you don't know English, what are you going to use the context for? So there were times where I like legit just sit there and i would pull up not even joking i would pull up an electronic dictionary because i had gotten that as one of my gifts or something um What's a dictionary don't you mean google yeah <laughs> and yeah and that's that's what i did can't say i did that because english is my first language but i yeah. like harry potter so <laughs> yeah so you and i crap on it a lot um Harry Potter, I'll say, I've said this several times and, I'll, and I have no problem saying it again. It does a lot, it does a few things right. And I always say it only does a few things right. And that sounds very demeaning, but I don't mean it to be. It only does a few things right, but it does those few things damn well. Like, yeah, did. Really well. Like, it's a very just enjoyable book. Like, I, I still to this day, like, I love Mistborn. I, and I'm loving Wheel of Time, but I'm you know I'm really really hating Crossroads of Twilight. Um, Harry Potter is just so it's just fun. Like you just can't help but enjoy reading it. It yeah, it, like I said, you know, it just doesn't get any better than that. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's about does it from us for this episode. Uh, we are now done with chapter 17. I mean, we're not finishing a part in episode, but we are making good headway. I so, like this better. Yeah, I think this is a good... We're not forced into one part, and we're not going as slow as we were early on in Final Empire. Yeah. But, yeah, next time, tune in for chapters 18 to 26. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Through that curveball, instead of seven chapters, but doing like nine. Um... <laughs> Unexpected. Yeah, unexpected. Expectations subverted for you Game of Thrones fans out there. 
Yes, I am still reeling from it myself. Um, but yes, chapters 18 to 26 next time. Um, and as always, please join us at Twitter at pod underscore bookkeeper. Please join our Discord, which Discord, will be on the Discord. channel. I have uh, been uploading on Instagram as well. Just, you know, pictures of like books here and there, memes and whatnot. So TikTok. Yeah, uh, just anything like that. Oh, yes, I will be actually doing a reaction trailer for uh, The Expanse Season 5, which came out today. Oh, my God. I'm going to do that a reaction on TikTok later today. Oh. And, and when the words came up this year... Because I see, I, I watched season four a little bit later than when after it came out because, like, you know, kids and life. Um, so I forgot that season four actually came out end of 2019. So when I saw that it was, season five was coming out end of season, uh, end of this year, I was like, I freaked out. And I haven't done that since I think maybe a Force Awakens trailer and maybe not even then. And it, yeah, my, my, my wife was like, dang. Super excited. Yeah, it was so the trailer was so good. Seeing the words this year and then later it's confirmed December, I think like eleventh, twenty twenty. Oh bro, we have to do the um Attack on Titan season four launch release trailer reaction together. Is that trailer out yet? No, when it does. Okay. It does. So right, don't yeah, watch yeah. it until like we watch it together. Yeah, but Yes, anyways, until next time, thank you, everyone. Peace.